You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how was it doing a show without me? Was was it fun? Did it bring back old memories? It was great. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it went smoothly. I think the fans responded to it. Uh, they want more, more of those kind of was, shows. Uh, I, I I don't want to say it was better, but uh, it was it was good. <sighs> well, we'll let you do some more of these shows and see what the fans think. But coming up on today's show, we recap the first official day of free agency and of the league year. And boy, do we have some things to talk about. The Cowboys didn't do a single thing on the first day of the league year other than tender David Irving. And I guess we can get into that because that is the the one move that did happen today. Uh, the Cowboys gave a second round tender to David Irving. Uh, it's going to pay him a little bit less than $2 million for the 2018 season. Do you have any quick thoughts on the second round tender for Irving? I mean, I think that this was this was the right choice. This was the correct choice, and I, I mean, I, I I understand. I guess, I mean, I don't really understand the other side of this. Like, I I, I understand. I think that anything that I think that people fail to forget is that they have the opportunity to match whatever go, whatever you know offers come. To yes. Them. So I mean, they can match somebody all the way up to the first round tender if it goes there. But why set out a first round tender if a no one is going to go actually come get it and maybe B you want somebody to come get a second round maybe someone's crazy enough to you know Tampa Bay or whoever has the a high first second round pick comes and gets comes and gets David Irving and offers him a contract that you weren't going to pay him anyways uh, yeah go for it uh, I just so like take we'll take we'll take a high second round pick for, for that and then beyond that like if he's not going to sign for you long term this is your only opportunity to actually get something for him sure so I just think that this was the, the the best way to do it, and on top of that, you're paying him less, which gives you more money to do something else with it if you want. Yeah, this is one of the moves where I, I guess I didn't understand the freak out on Twitter from uh, a lot of Cowboy fans and Cowboys writers. I, I I guess to me the thing is you get to see what David Irving's market is. Inevitably, they're going to go out. Uh, David Irving and his agent are going to go out and try to find a deal, and it's going to help Dallas kind of gauge what his price tag is. And if somebody else offers him a deal at nine to ten million, well, good for you. They just made your job a lot easier for you because now you don't have to go through all those negotiations, and you know exactly what the market is saying he is worth. So, I, I guess I don't understand. I, I really, there's three scenarios here. They he plays the year on the tender. Somebody comes and get him, gets him, and you get a second round pick, or you lock him up to a long term deal. I like all three of those options, so I'm okay with the decision the Cowboys made today. And the, the also the information that you know we, we've been saying is that he's not interested in signing a long term. He's not. That's correct with anybody. That 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 that's not that has nothing to do with the Cowboys. Can we say so why? If, we if, can if, talk about why he's not interested in doing that. For the one, he uh, he's a guy that missed four games last year due to the suspension. He's been battling through a wrist injury and he had he missed what was it, six games with a concussion. He wants to put a full year on tape, um, probably at that three technique spot, and show what his true value is. You're seeing how much these guys are getting paid in free agency. If he just has a year next year where he gets eight sacks in fifteen games, 
that market is going to be strong for him. Yeah, and, you know, again, Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, these are all guys that you still have to pay, and then eventually you're going to have to pay uh, uh, Dak Prescott as well. So uh, I think that the odds are that you know, he's going to command – and, and and there's a reason I mentioned those guys is because all those guys could potentially ask for the same amount of money, sure, you know, like or at least very similar types of money. And I, you know, I think there are even limits to the the cap is a myth mythical, non-existing thing. I think if you have more, <laughs> trying to fit three or more twenty million dollar players under your cap is probably not something that you can do. Um, so I, I think that at this point. You want him to go. You want him to work on this deal, you know. You want because you want him to earn the the cash that he's going to get paid. Um, and this is the opportunity to, like I said, the only opportunity you're going to get to get a a, a a pick out of out of him or get something out of him other than um, which I, I actually I was going to say comp, comp pick, but do they get comp picks for restricted free agent contracts? I don't know that they do. If so, it, well, no, exclusive it, for ERFAs. I'm not sure. That's a good question. We're gonna have to research that. So, but even if they do, like I, I think that it won't be a second round pick. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, and I think that's you know, look to me, this was the smart thing to do. Everyone is just uh, you know looking for something to be upset about, and no, so they think never. they're under. Un, un, I know, I can't know. It's crazy. Uh, so I think that they're talking about underpaying David Irving, like that's a thing, and not you know, hey, we just we stole David Irving off of a practice squad and gave him an opportunity and you know now we have good rights on him and we're paying him what we expected to pay him and if he blows this out of the water and he earns that cash that's great news for us uh, across the board <laughs> and we're gonna we'll be honest here a lot of people on twitter are friends with his agent so they always want to see their agent's players get rep well and get paid. So that's always a, an interesting dynamic to watch with this too. But let's go ahead and move on and talk about free agency today. As of 8.30 here uh, on Wednesday night, the Cowboys have not signed a free agent. Inevitably, we'll shut off this podcast and we'll we'll put it up on the site and the Cowboys will sign somebody. But they have not done so yet. The big news that came out of Dallas today is what is that the Cowboys had interest in Sammy Watkins before he signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, today it came out that the Cowboys offered Sammy Watkins a deal uh, around $16 million per year, um, but they couldn't figure out the guarantees and they went with and he went with Kansas City's offer. Let's talk about this Watkins signing. If it would have happened, this is assuming that he's coming in to replace Dez and not play with Des, correct? I, I mean, I think that we, you know, I would assume so. I, I mean, I, I think that we don't really know because it never really went through, but I would assume that the deal was that they would get everything in place with Sammy Watkins agree on a deal, and then at that point, um, you know, they would have cut Des. But, you know, I think that at this point, it, it seemed to have fallen through based on guarantees is what sure. I heard, right? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I think that that's that would be the idea, um, but yeah, there's not really a, a way to know for certain. Now, do you like the fit? Would Watkins have made sense as a number one receiver in Dallas? I, I, I mean, I, I think it, no. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it would maybe indicate more of a, a change of what they're doing with their number one wide receiver. Um, first of all. Um, but I also and I also think that if the idea is that you're 
cutting Des Bryant and, you know, you're trying to just get bodies at the position, um, you know, that that's, you know, you're getting, you're adding a, a guy who you feel like is, is talented enough to really become a, a dominant player. I mean, obviously with that kind of money, you know, I, so I think that, and you know, they have his former wide receiver coach, uh, in the building now, so I, obviously he probably gave a ringing endorsement. But again, I think it's tough to know. I mean, that clearly to me seems like huge money for uh, uh, anything other than a number one wide receiver, and even for a number one wide receiver. Um, so I, I would assume that he would have yes become a main focal point of of what they uh, are trying to do. So we still think receiver is a need. Um, it, what's going to happen with Dez is interesting. I would think at this point. Um, they're probably going to hold on to Des for at least the foreseeable future. And I would think until at least after the draft, maybe something happens at the draft or during the draft um, that would change their mind. And, you know, that's something that we need to talk about really quickly is, um, you know, I had a pretty good source last week that said that the Cowboys were planning on cutting Des. Um, but Jerry Jones had a meeting with Des. They decided to wait and see what happened in free agency. And with all these receivers going off the market, you know, Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Marquise Lee, the Cowboys are kind of left stuck in the middle, not knowing what to do with Des. Are you in favor for them holding on to Des at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to counteract a, a little bit of this because I, I feel like I mean, I don't know that this wasn't originally their their plan. It could have been, you know. Like, I mean, I mean that that's the thing is that I I don't understand why that's like. I mean, you know, when you're doing this stuff, you've always got a, a bunch of irons in the fire. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they've you know, as much as everyone wants to believe that they're doing nothing, that's that's just ridiculous. That they are doing something. They are talking to people. You know that they, I'm sure that they have information and you know have a good handle on the market and make phone calls and all that stuff like that happens. Yes. It's not like, you know, so my point being that I think that they had a couple of different plans for how things were going to play out depending on how the market played out. And I think they saw what happened with the market um, because that's the other thing is that everyone wants to predict like they know exactly what's going to happen in the market. And, and that's ridiculous because half of what happens in the market happens that day. It gets the people get cut here and there. Like, I mean, I think that you can pre- actively predict some people being cut, but not everybody. So I think you, until you get there and see how the market plays out, you don't really know exactly uh, what you know what the lay of the land is so i think they get in there they start making overtures with uh with Watkins, you know as their plan b if the or you know look i don't know what plan a and what plan b was but obviously one of the plans was hey just in case let's talk to Watkins, see what his numbers are and see if we can line this thing up a little bit um in case we decide to go a different route you know maybe maybe part of the des thing was you know to get money for somebody somebody else or maybe the part of the thing was to get money for for you know uh, for Watkins himself, sure. you know, and, and and the thing is, without knowing the, the guaranteed money, it's really, I mean, we're really just like, what are we guessing? You know, with 16 million, like in one year, like, could is three quarters of that in not likely to be earned incentives? Like, I don't know. Like, so it's really, we could speculate all we want, but I would say that what's probably safe to say is that. They clearly had several different ways of attacking this, depending on how things developed throughout the the, the, the course of free agency early on. All right, so that was our AM story uh, this afternoon. <laughs> the story for about seven minutes was that the Cowboys were interested in Ndamukong Sue. 
Um, and then quickly after that, it was shot down by a few different uh, reporters. I know just Josine Anderson said the Cowboys were not interested. Uh, Mike Fisher of 105.3 The Fan said that the Cowboys would be interested if he took a uh, relatively team-friendly contract. And maybe that's still possible down the road. Um, if he wants to go under $10 million a year, I, I personally, I don't see that. Um, he, he flat out said on ESPN today that he wants to go to the highest bidder and that team fit is not all that important to him at this stage in his career. Um, but uh, would you be interested in paying top dollar for Nadam Kinsu? Uh I mean, what? Uh, like $15 million a year. What, $15 million a year? Um. I, I I tend to think that paying someone like Indomitian Sue that kind of money, um, you know, I think you're going to get uh, the one thing about it is that you'll get get him for a ton of snaps because sure. uh, I, I, I think the guy is clearly you know a warrior, but but I mean obviously there's also been question about you know his um, his motor his you know try hard and all that stuff. I don't know how much that is true. But I wouldn't uh, worry about it with Marinelli anyway. So Marinelli's not going to put up with the guys low fan. Yeah, I mean, they're going to rotate those guys. And, and I think that, you know, I think that if you can make it work, uh, I, I wouldn't have an, an issue with paying him money. I, I mean, but I, I think that they would need to know that he could play, it, that he could play both a one and a three a little bit. Because I think that they just, I think it'd be tough to fit that kind of contract on a one for one technique and then still feel like you need to go out and, get like a you know a big upfield the three technique you know sure. what i'm saying like I, I i don't know that you could spend 15 million there and then expect to get an elite separate three technique as well, well. here's the thing too if you do go out and sign the dominican sudo a big deal it's guaranteeing that you're not going to be able to sign both david irving and demarcus lawrence next year because that's just a lot of resources pumping into that position and like i've said on this podcast many times i'm okay with doing that with draft picks um but at some point, there. What's the the benefit of continuing to throw massive contracts at the defensive line, especially when you have holes on the rest of your roster? Um, another one, another move that kind of came out. Not a not a move, but a potential move um, happened right before we got on this podcast. And that's there was a report that the Cowboys or Seattle uh, they talked to each other, they called each other about a potential Earl Thomas trade. The proposed deal would have Dallas giving up their first-round pick for Earl Thomas. Uh, Earl Thomas also wants a big extension, and that's really what's holding up this deal at this time. So let me ask you this, Landon. Uh, assuming that you can get Earl Thomas into a you know a decent contract, I'm sure he's going to want $10 million a year, but would you be okay giving up the number 19 pick to go get Earl Thomas? I mean, it's tough to get. It's tough to trade away both the money and you know trade away the, the the pick and then also you know the money, um, and I think you know the the, the truth of the matter is is that it's not like he's going to give you he's not like looking to get out of Seattle no because he doesn't like Seattle like he's looking to get paid like he's looking to get a brand new contract and be paid the highest safety contract in the NFL so I you know look I mean I think at a certain point you kind of have to at least consider like what, I mean, it's, it's a lot like Sue, you know, I mean, you know, these, how, how much can you spend on these guys, uh, you know, while you're also trying to, to, you know, 
deal with Demarcus Lawrence and and then eventually you know uh, you know David Irving. <laughs> I mean, if you want to re-sign David Irving, if that's even a possibility, uh, and or you know deal with um, with with all the other potential guys that you may want to sign before the draft comes up. So um, I don't. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with. Uh, with with doing it necessarily, but I but I also, could, I mean that's prohibitive. So I could totally see how they could sit, just look at that and go, we can't make that work. That's just that's too much to give. I'm I, I certainly am not going to you know blame them for that because I f- I feel like it's it's a lot to give. And you know, look, yeah, safeties can play you know well you know well into their thirties, especially the good ones. But I mean, you know, he's we are still talking about a 29 year old player sure so, and, and here's that's where we are you made a good point about the picks and the money I, i'm trying to think i'm trying to rack my brain of the last time the cowboys have given up a pick and money ha, has it ever worked out for them uh, they did it with roy williams uh they did it with joey galloway uh it, it just it hurts your team too much in terms of roster building by giving up those two things um, i love earl i think he's the best safety in the league i think he could do wonders for this defense but I can't give up both of those guys. First-round picks are so valuable now because of the fifth-year option and because they're so cheap and the, the contracts aren't ridiculous. So if you can get a quality player, I, I'm, I'm more of the camp of let me go trade up for Derwin James and get that caliber of player because I'm not paying him $10 million a year for the next five years. So, um, Yeah, because I mean, essentially what you're doing at this point is, and you're right, is like essentially trading the option to get an elite player for cheap for the option to get a an elite older player for expensive. True, you know, and and like that's like that's ultimately what you're you're giving it away. So, um, I, I just feel like it's 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 one of those things where uh, you you just have to be careful. You know what you trade giving away assets like that because I think you know you, you may get something out of it um, immediately, but it's it's it could really really hurt you. At, at the All right, end. I got a couple fake trades. I'm going to give you. Let's let's see how you would handle it. If you are if you are Dallas, I'll be Seattle. What if I come at you with an offer of you give up Byron Jones and a fourth round pick for Earl Thomas? Would you consider that? Byron Jones for and Byron Jones and what for a fourth round pick for Earl Thomas? Um, I mean, I I think yeah, I think I probably would, but I think it's still it's still tough. I mean, that's he's still gonna obviously want all that money. So Um, I'll give you another one. Here you go. I I think I think I would probably do it. Yeah. Would you do Chidobi Wuzier for Byron Jones or for for Earl Thomas? Just straight, straight up. up. Uh, no. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. If if I didn't have to give up one of my starting corners, and I, I who knows what this team thinks of uh, Byron Jones, but you know Byron's going to either need the fifth year option or a contract. I think I would be willing to do that. Um, all right, real quick before we go. Are there any free agents out there that you have your eye on or that the Cowboy fans should kind of keep in mind? Um, we, I kind of have a feeling it's probably going to be about a week before the Cowboys really dive into this free agent class. But any specific guys you think that the Cowboy fans should keep an eye on? You know, I mean, I have been watching 
uh, I have been watching Josh sitting for a while and just kind of seeing where he's going to Miami to, to take a meeting and we don't really know exactly how that'll play out. I mean, obviously they'll probably try to give him a whole bunch of cash. So maybe he goes there. I, you know, I'm still of the mind that if you can get a left guard in here, that'd be great. Um, but, uh, but I want an upgrade. I don't want, uh, another Jonathan Cooper. I don't want, yeah, unless, unless the idea is to do that plus draft a guy. So, um, but yeah, I think so. I, I think honestly, you just you, you all you have to do, um, all you have to do is kind of look at where, where you know where their potential, you know, needs are, draft needs are, and and see it, you know what's available in the free agent market at at a reasonable price. And and if there's a you know a, a player of exceptional talent there, and and need can meet value, I think you know you might you, it's possible for them to see you know spend spend some money and and. And go get a guy, um, but you know, outside of that, I would assume that they're going to follow a very similar path that they have in the past, where they basically, you know, fill kind of fill their their needs at a very basic level, uh, and allow them to kind of draft clean. All right, I'm going to give you uh, a couple guys that I have my eye on. It's going to be kind of rapid fire. You just say yes, no, maybe. Are you ready? Are you okay? Yes. Okay, that was kind of delayed. <laughs> All right. I, was, I got that one. I got right, that one. First okay. one, uh, Thomas Rawls. Cowboys had interest in him before pre-draft. Is that somebody you would be interested in? Yeah, I mean, for the right price. Okay. Uh, Danny Woodhead as a pass-catching third down back. Mm, yes. Okay. Shane Vereen, kind of the same role. Again, yeah. I mean, all for the sure. right price. And yes. I, I'm assuming, I'm but, assuming but, but on Woodhead. Cheap, like, I don't want, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm certainly not breaking the bank for a running. No, back. no, no. I, I think I think Woodhead yeah, yeah. and Vereen would both be like what you gave Alfred Morris or Darren McFadden over the last couple of years. Those type of deals, um, you know, those two years, two million dollars, um, low low cap hit. Um, another guy that I like, Tavon Austin. Uh, I know he wasn't able to do much in uh, with the Rams, uh, but maybe he's your lucky Whitehead replacement. Are you interested in Tavon? I'm more interested in, the ta- in Tavon than I am in the any of those running Ooh, backs for okay. sure because I think because because I do agree with you that I think that that you know we, you talked about it earlier on Twitter I do think that there is still a need on this team for that lucky whitehead role and I think obviously Tavon Austin would be an amazing uh, fit. Tavon there. can do the pass catching stuff out of the backfield if you yeah exactly you can, you yeah. can keep him there I, mean, I, I think you could get a lot of use out of Tavon Austin a lot more use than you could get for a running sure. back. Like even even one of those pass catchers because he could do that and then he could also be your jet sweep guy and I guarantee you that as they make this offense more Dak friendly they could find even more reason or even more ways to kind of deploy uh, uh, him and 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 find ways to get the ball in his and hands. he can do stuff on kickoff and punt returns. Um, another one another yeah. one that I kind of like Eric Ebron. Uh, any interest in a, bringing in a young uh, athletic tight end? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I think if 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 I mean again, like this is all hinging on what 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 Witten's doing. Like, I, I mean, if Witten is going to retire, then absolutely. If he's not, then I don't know if. I, I mean, are, how much are you going to use him? Yeah. Right, me- like so, I mean, and if, if you think you're going to use him enough, then I don't have a problem with the player necessarily. I mean, he he has a, had a, an issue with drops at times, but I, I like him overall. I don't. I mean, I think he's about as good as you're going to get. As a two-way tight end in this in this free agency period, and uh, I think that you know it's it's more about 
will you use that guy if you sign him? And if you think that you will, then yeah, I don't have a problem with the Yeah, player. I think that's a, a perfect guy for Dak. If we're trying to make this offense a little bit more Dak-friendly, Ebron's a guy that can make a bunch of plays after the catch. If you want to run that PA waggle and get the tight end out to the flat, Ebron can do that very well. Um, just a couple of guys really quickly. Tyler Eifert, Mike Wallace, and Jeremy Macklin. Any of those guys interest you? I mean, I just – I can't get on board with Eifert, man. Like, the guy is uh, – I mean, he's played like eight games in the last three seasons or something crazy. Like, I, 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 I just don't want to spend money on that guy unless he's coming for like a crazy, you know, incentive-laced deal. Like, I just I, – I love the, the talent, but I don't even know what's left of that talent at this point because he's played so rarely. I, I would advise him so, to take a one-year deal to prove that he's healthy. I'm cool with that if he wants to do that, but I, but I, yeah, like I can't. Uh, I mean, I, it'd have to, like I said, it'd have to be a pretty team friendly deal, even as a one year deal, because it's, it's, it's probably, you know, he's a good, he's got qualities that would, you know, cost money. Uh, but I mean, that health, that medical is terrifying. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully, by the next time that we do this podcast, the Cowboys have signed somebody that we can talk about. Man, that would be fun. Uh, make sure you guys download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.